You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. the Lord, if you want to enhance your altar working ability, anointing, and passion, I would recommend taking a look at my book called How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost. The subtitle is An In-Depth Guide for Altar Workers. Hello, this is Charles Rodas. Yes, this book, How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost, can be found on Amazon. And I'm going to read you a couple quick testimonies. Joey says a life-changing knowledge. I've never seen a book on altar working yet and was excited to get my hands on this. I'm absolutely thrilled with all the information and revelations stored within. My own faith has been built in reading this and I'm excited to put this into action and see the great results God will give through faith in his promise. Crunch says a foundation book for altar workers combined with experience and scriptures, a lesson in proper handling of people who is seeking the Holy Ghost. I'm reading this with an open mind and wasn't disappointed by Brother Rodas's instructions and passion for the lost. I would highly recommend it the book for teaching new ministry. Well, I want to encourage you to go to Amazon right now and get this book. And um, I have put more than four decades of study and practice into this book. This book, How to Help Someone Receive the Holy Ghost, is really a totality of my notes that I have taken and put in book form for your convenience. Go to Amazon now and be blessed. Well, praise the Lord. This is Charles Rodas with Everything Apostolic. Well, I'm so excited to be with you today, and I have a special guest, and we're going to be talking about a very exciting subject that we can all appreciate and love because uh, our soul was won one day by someone, a parent, a friend, a neighbor, or a co-worker. Someone won us to the Lord in some way uh, through prayer, witnessing, and all the various types of uh, outreach that can be done. I've got a very special guest, a matter of fact, a friend uh, of mine. His name is Ron Kent. He pastors in Blue Island, Illinois. And we're going to be talking about, yes, soul winning, soul winning. We love the subject and uh, we love to do it. Everybody gets excited when they win a soul. Well, welcome, Pastor Ron. We're so glad to have you with us today. And thank you for taking the time to come on board with us and talk about this great subject of soul winning. Well, it's great to be here. Um, first of all, I just want to say, Brother Rodas, so honored that you would ask me to be on this podcast. I am a faithful listener. Uh, always enjoy all your content. Yeah, I've been blessed many times by what you have put out in your podcast, and I'm just hoping that I can be a blessing to somebody today. Amen. Well, I know you will, Brother Pastor Ron. Um, so, uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit about your occupation, a little bit about what you're doing with a, with a new ministry and these types of things, maybe a little bit about your family. Okay, yeah, I'm uh, married. with uh, We have four children. 
Uh, oldest is seven or oh, turning 17 in March. Uh, we have a 15 year old daughter, a 14 year old daughter and an 11 year old son. So they are, uh, they keep us quite busy, but uh, we're so glad to have them. Amen. My wife, uh, Annette Kent, she's an amazing woman of God. She is as much a soul winner as there is out there. Uh, been used by God mightily. So I'm blessed to have her as my spouse. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So at my secular job, I do work as a uh, paramedic for the Chicago Fire Department. Um, but, you know, really my passion is this pastoring social, uh, I'm sorry, soul winning. Um, I, I got saved in 2006. Well, 2007 is when I got baptized and got the Holy Ghost, January of 2007. And it was in church in Hickory Hills, and I'm very grateful for my time there. Uh, the pastor there was very... Uh, soul winning minded and we had multiple um different uh, how you would say evangelists or um programs revivals as it were uh we and so we i was blessed to be a part of from the very beginning you know very early in my walk with god i was blessed to be a part of these um like a soul winners boot camp and go win souls revivals yeah. and and i'm so grateful for that time because especially at a, as a young Christian, um, just learning the faith and learning what it means to be a Christian and to have that instilled in me in such a way. Mm -hmm. uh, it's never left me. Um, you know, the revelation says you've left your first love. And, and uh, you know, when you first get saved, your first love is, is to go soul winning. You want to tell everybody about when you first get the Holy Ghost, you can't wait to tell everybody about the Holy Ghost. Right, and, right. And one of the prayers that I've always prayed is that that wouldn't fade from me. And I would just always have that fire and that zeal to share with others um, what I've experienced. And I'm just so thankful for the teachings uh, that I was able to glean through those moments. Wow. Thank you for uh, that. What do you what do you think the reason is um, why people. Why people do fade away from soul winning. I mean, there's been a lot of great soul winners and, you know, just sometimes in short months or short years they're just. You know, they just become, you know, a couch potato on a church pew in a sense. What, what do you, what do you think that? Uh, what's the reason or reasons for that? Yeah. So, in my opinion, it's it really comes down to, you know, when you first get saved, you're telling everybody that you know about it, and in the first two or three years, you you've got a lot of influence and you've talked to a lot of people, but as Christians, sometimes the the danger is is as we're separating ourselves from the world, uh, we end up separating ourselves from the harvest field. And we're mm -hmm. no longer putting ourselves in position to witness to the people that are around us. We're no longer making our, all of our new friends are Christians, all of our, and, we, and I understand that there's a need for that. We have to have a new playground and new friends and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, Jesus said not to be of the world, but we are to be in the world. And he sat with publicans and, and sinners and tax collectors. And it, it was very important part of his ministry to always reaching out to the people that were in the world. Now we, we know that we are part of a greater kingdom and we have much greater authority and power. And so it's important for us to, I don't want to say be afraid of the world because we understand that there's, demonic forces and things that are coming against us in the world. And there's things in the world that could potentially cause us some issues. Mm -hmm. uh, but in reality, we still have to be present in the world. Right, we right. can't, we can't, you know, as Jesus said in, 
Jesus said that no man hides a takes the light and hides it. I'm trying to paraphrase in there, but mm -hmm. we, we we have to let our light so shine before men that they would glorify God and glorify and glorify our Father which is in heaven. And so the light is still shining through us, but the problem is that we're only shining it to other Christians. And we're very quick to, you know, if you see somebody at the coffee shop with the Bible, you're quick to talk to that person. But we're not so quick to talk to the person who's, you know, sitting at the at the coffee shop that, you know, maybe looks like they've lived in the street for a, for a while. And, and or 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 maybe they, they're wearing a, a hijab. And, and so we'll we'll stray away from them. But those people are souls just as much. And we have to always be mindful of every room that we walk into. You know, I, I, I recently I was preaching a message and I said, we, we use the scripture a lot that the, the Lord orders the steps of the righteous. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we reference that a lot about when people are coming to the house of the Lord. Hey, you're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. But at the same time, the Lord orders the steps of the righteous and we're the righteous as well. So when we are going someplace, he has ordered our steps to that place mm. and we are there for a purpose. And we need to keep our eyes open to the people that are around us. Strangers. Yes. Strangers need the, need the word of God. So, you know, strangers are souls. And so we, we, we can't be afraid to spark up those conversations with people at the gas station, at the grocery store, whatever, and just start to build relationships with people because if we don't have any friends that are of the world, then we're, we're, our soul winning is going to slowly dissipate. Hmm. Wow. Now, how, how are you going to differentiate between having friends of the world where you go and hang with them, maybe where they hang, um, which may not be, you know, righteous behavior compared to you know, befriending them otherwise? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Um, and, and that is the danger, right? Uh, it, it, the more you associate yourself with people of the world, the more bad habits you're exposed to. Um, but you have to have limits. You have to have boundaries. You know, you have to, you have to say, I'm not going to that place or I'm not, you won't find me in that place. And if those conversations start, I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to be a part of those conversations, mm -hmm. but you just have to be wise in what you're doing you know like i'm not going to go sit at a bar somewhere you know i'm mm -hmm. that's not my that's not inside that's not within me i'm not going to go to a dance club or to a disco or whatever you would call it mm -hmm. but at the same time i want to see those people the next day i want to be a part of their life the following day when they're not at the club when they're not exactly. getting all drunk you know i, I still want to be a part of their life the next day when they're when they're hung over and they're feeling all the the feelings of guilt or shame or whatever it was because of what they did yesterday because they got so drunk. Well, I want to be there to point them to Jesus Christ. And I can't do that if I'm not building relationships with them. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a fine line. I understand, but the, you have to use wisdom and just, if, if, if Jesus didn't go to the taverns and drink with them, <laughs> <All right. laughs> you know, he said, he sat at the house of the publicans. He sat at the house of the tax collectors. He let the, you know, the prostitute wipe his feet, mm -hmm. but he didn't entertain those behaviors. So I guess that'd be the same thing. Like, are we going, are you going to entertain those behaviors in your walk or are you going to abstain from those behaviors, but still be a, uh, an outlet for those people to reach out to when they're going through their struggles? Yeah. And, uh, I, I see your point totally. And I, you know, all these same people, they buy gas at the gas station, they buy groceries, 
<laughs> you know, right. they go to the park, uh, they go to places that we have no problem with, you right. know, so, you know, the, the man or the woman we begin to talk to uh, over just standing by the, the green bean, green beans area in the grocery store. I mean, we don't know right. if she was doing an hour before or what he was doing the night before. And no doubt if, if, if they're not saved, you know, we're going to find that, that out quickly. And uh, it's a good chance they, they were doing, but you know, regardless of what they're doing or not, um, uh, we're just commanded to go. And uh, right. Pastor Ron recently preached a message um, at, at our home church and, uh, and uh, it was a great, a great blessing to the whole congregation and inspired uh, probably everyone to different degrees. But, um, and, you know, he preached about, um, uh, just just being a witness when you're out, you know, the terminology he can bring back to my mind. But, you know, uh, you, you it's it doesn't have to be, uh, in other words, a Saturday event. And that's fine to have Saturday events, but we have to have a lifestyle of evangelism. You know, you know if when you're out at the gas station, when you're you know, there's been many times I've been at the gas station while the my car is pumping full of gas. I'm walking around to everybody pumping gas and I'm inviting them to church. Now that's not really soul winning, but you know, it's a small touch of meeting somebody, introducing myself, but you know, just the, the, the consciousness of a soul. And uh, so, yeah, we, we definitely have to be uh, soul conscious and sensitive and uh, everywhere we go. Uh, and you were telling us when you were preaching about being at the library. Right. Right. So, you know, we're in the city of Blue Island. And from the beginning, my wife and I have made it a point to be very visible within the city. Uh, just to be in the, in the market, in the restaurant, in the grocery store, in the uh, library. So I do study and I, I study for my lessons and my sermons in the library. And I've I, recently I was there and I and just sitting there at the table and a young man sat across from me and uh, got to talking to him, found out that he was addicted to cocaine and meth, uh, methamphetamines. Uh, he was living in a place that was full of prostitution and all those, the drugs were available to him. And he was wandering the streets some nights just to try to stay away from it all. And just being with him, able to pray with him and, and got him tied up with a, uh, 28-day detox and then into a halfway house immediately mm -hmm. after, you know, and that was only because the, the terminology that I would preach from was with them that happened to be there. And that was Paul says that in Acts chapter 17, 17, that he, he daily met with them or he was daily with them that met with him. But the, you read that out, that actually means with them that happened to be there. And so everywhere we go, as I was referencing earlier, it's just where we happen to be, there's people there that need it. And there's people there that are hungry for it. And there's people there that are wanting it. Actually, just today, uh, we had a, a young man, a visitor in our congregation, in our church service, and he's from the library. He's the young man that I've been talking mm -hmm. to uh, last couple of weeks and just been getting closer to. And um, so it was so beautiful to see him come into the house of the Lord today. And, and he was blessed and, and he enjoyed it, said he'd be back with us for our midweek Bible study. Uh, but mm -hmm. the, the other place, my wife and I volunteer at a food pantry every Tuesday. There was a man here today who, 
who was uh, he's been with us the last couple of weeks. We met him at the food pantry, just going about our daily business within the city and just talking to the people that are just around us, finding people that have like minds. And, and <clears throat> OK, so like Paul, you know, Paul became all things to all men that he could win some. And so I, the, the, the point of being in the place is to find where do we agree? What are, what are our like interests? Now let's build upon that and let's expand that relationship and point it towards God. And it's been, it's, we've had, a, there's a restaurant that we go to, uh, my wife and I very frequently, and there's a waitress that comes to our services that we met at the restaurant. Mm. That's, that's the best way is, you know, the best way to be a soul winner is just find your city and just be there, be there, be available, be out and about, let people know <clears throat> who you are. Don't shy away from the calling and the anointing that's on your life. And, and God will put people in your past path every day that he wants you to reach. And we just have to be sensitive to his spirit. Conscious soul winning wherever you go. Amen. Yeah. I, I think that's a, I think that's a, a, call it a mistake or whatever you want to call it, but it is a, it's a great mistake when we limit ourselves to a weekly event. And it's, yeah, it's great. Have right. you know a bunch of the church people together, and you go out, you know, praying with people and doing all these things, and we've all done it, and you know, believe in it. But the greatest harvest is that, you know, we can have these big rallies and you know, get fifty or a hundred or sometimes hundreds of people into a service, and everything gets hyped up. But you know, Jesus talked. You know, he just talked about going out every day. Jesus was winning souls. It's just a conscious effort. And uh, I think, uh, of course, we're not here to uh, condemn anybody that's not doing like they should. But this is uh, all about encouraging to get back to where you were or get back to this place maybe where you've never been. And letting your light shine, as Pastor Ron is talking about, let that fire burn. And uh, letting uh, letting God speak through you, loving people. Uh, like you said, at the at the restaurant, just being at the library studying, but see, making that conscious effort. And if we, if we're so shy, you know, it says in Acts chapter four, that uh, I think it's Acts 431, that when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy ghost and spake the word of God with boldness. Now this passage says they were filled with the Holy ghost when they prayed. Now, matter of fact, this was the same group that got filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter two in the upper rooms, so and they just got refilled. They didn't lose the Holy Ghost or backslide, but that's what praying does. And what happened when they got filled with boldness, and that boldness caused them to speak the word boldly. And when we use the excuse, "Well, I'm shy, I'm backwards, I'm timid." Um, well, maybe that's maybe it, it sounds like by that passage, it could be an issue of uh, just not having prayed through to where there is a boldness and where you can be filled again and refilled with the Holy Ghost to great passion where you don't care what anybody thinks about you. You're just going to do it. You know, everybody's going to we're all going to stumble over ourselves, but it's just being natural. Uh, you know, who are the greatest soul winners in my studies over the years? You know, the greatest soul winners, Pastor Ron, you know this, are the newest mm. converts in the church. I mean, you take the 10 or 20 or 30 year apostolic veterans, 
the guy that just came in off the street that can't even tell you where the book of St. John is, can't quote a scripture. Typically, he's the biggest soul winner in a church. That lady that was just baptized in Jesus' name the night before she was doing meth, she got the Holy Ghost when she came up out of the pool. And the next weeks and months, she, she's bringing family and friends. And, uh, and, and as Pastor Ron said, you know, we, we separate ourselves. Like we kind of run out of people, I guess, uh, because mm-hmm. we either win our unsaved friends or there's just a natural separation because they don't want to come our way and we can't do their thing. But I think what Pastor Ron is doing here is, he is really onto it, just like we should be making it natural, getting out there to where people are. You don't have to plan it. You're going right. to buy groceries this week or next week. You're going to. You're going right. to be at the gas station. And what's stopping you? You know, what's stopping you? So talk about soul winning a little bit more within itself. You're, you're talking to that man or that woman for the first time. And so what, do you, what, is, what, is, what is this effort of soul winning? You know what? It's... It's really just like you said, it's just, you got to just be natural. uh, Sometimes it's hard to open the conversation and lead it to God. But the the easiest thing to do is just start asking them questions. You know, when you start talking to people, Mm -hmm. just start asking questions and and not yes or no questions. We have, sometimes we we think we're asking questions and we're just, we're asking yes or no questions. But I heard recently, uh, I forgot who it was, but he, he, he uses the statement, tell me about. So tell me about your family. Tell me about your job. Tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about your uh, past walk with God. And, and it's so interesting to hear you tell them that they start mm-hmm. to open up and they start to share about their, well, my, I have two children and, you know, they're going to this, this school right now and, and they're teaching them these ungodly things. And, and I don't even, you know, all of a sudden you start hearing the despair and the anxiety mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, and then, then you can start talking to them about yeah. God. You can show them how God can protect their children and God can lead their children and they can learn God's ways and they can teach their, their, the children the ways of the Lord for themselves. And you can start to bring them along that path, you know, at, 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 uh, the Salvation Army, the guy that's coming, he, he, he opened up. He said, yeah, I'm, I've got, I, ha- I had cancer. I'm going through treatments for cancer. And we just started talking about the healing power of God and how God can mm-hmm. change everything and God can restore his life. But we have to, uh, the greatest, a- the greatest attribute a soul winner can have is to, is to be a listener and one that asks questions. Mm-hmm. When you ask questions, people will reveal to you their need for God. You'll start to hear their, you'll hear their despair. You'll hear their bitterness towards something mm-hmm. the world today with with the with the dichotomy of right and left and who's this and who's that and everybody's against each other well we can we can step in as as as, as the christ-like believer and we can connect them and pull them out of the negative thoughts mm-hmm. and we can show them the positivity that comes through the lord and we can show them that these things must come to pass you know when the world gets wax waxes worse and worse the world gets anxious but christians we should celebrate because it's hastening the Lord's return. When there's, when there's diverse earthquakes and, 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 there's, and there's famine and there's pestilence, the world gets nervous. But as Christians, we should get excited because these things must happen. And so we can show them that don't worry about it. This is this COVID. This was a great opportunity. COVID. Uh, people were so anxious about COVID. 
man, you could point them right to God. Look, Matthew, Matthew, I think it's 24. Read Matthew 24. This is supposed to happen. This is just bringing mm -hmm. on the return of the Lord. We're supposed to be excited about these things. You know, some people going back to COVID, we'll just stick on that. People were very upset about the vaccine. Well, to me, when you look at not that, not, not that it is the mark of the beast, but you can finally see, like in my mind, I could finally fathom how in the world the world would take on this mark. And mm -hmm. it was because they were so quick to take on this vaccine or force people to take on the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And because the government told them that it was in the means of safety. Now, if they took it, I don't have any problem with anybody that took it. But my point I'm trying to make is how quick was the world to say, yeah. just give it to us, give it to us. And then I, that makes you realize that the mark of the beast is right around the corner. And right there, you can talk to somebody. This is what the Bible says. The mm. Bible tells us that this is going to happen. And, and, and I'll tell you, when you start talking about the end times, people get excited. People are interested in the end times. Yeah, yeah. People want to people want to know what it's going to look like. And all of a sudden yeah. you've got their attention and, and there you go. You can talk to them about the Lord. But it's all about asking questions and finding out where their need is and filling that need with Jesus. Wow, that's awesome. Pastor Ron. Yeah, and you know, I learned many years ago um, about a about asking questions and it is so key. And I've been in sales all my life, and I know that's important when you're in sales. Uh, a good salesman will ask questions and then listen. Of course, what does a question do? It causes somebody to talk. It causes somebody to open up. Because if all I'm doing is saying something, all they're doing is listening. But when I say, how are you today? What are they going to do? They're going to respond. Uh, how has your day been? Where do you work at? And uh, what are your concerns about the the, the the current condition of the nation. And, you know, one simple question that I used, I've used many, many times to get a conversation going about God and just off the cuff, don't even know the person, um, don't know anything about them. Just maybe just a quick intro. Hi, you know, exchange names. And the question could be just as when you're trying to get something, you want to get something, a conversation about God. What have you been reading in the Bible lately? Hmm. What have you been reading in the Bible? I've had some people say, I, I, I haven't read anything in the Bible lately. And well, then you can go and talk to them about what you've been. You can go, oh, wow, I've been reading in the book of the book of Acts lately. And have you, have you ever read the Bible? And, and, you know, it just get them talking and create a conversation and that's exactly what Pastor Ron is doing. And I think uh, I want him to comment on this on this thought right here. But um, soul winning typically is not a one conversation event, but most of the time it's going to be uh, a series of conversations, meetings, uh, and what have you to get to the place where their soul is one, get them baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you help us with that a little bit, Pastor? Yeah, definitely. 100%. You're, you're right on. It's, it's a series of conversations. It's a series of um, praying for people, looking into them, reaching out to them, being very diligent about following up with them. A lot of sometimes I'll, I'll keep in my phone with, uh, with all the new technology that's available, 
when I talk to somebody, I'll put their the notes in their contact on my phone. So that way, when I go to call them again in a week, I can look at the contact and say, okay, we're, we, last time we talked about their mom being sick, I'm going to make sure I follow up, check on their mom. Wow. But it's always, it's always something that you're trying. I, I, I preached this message long ago, and it was about, about our relationships. And our relationships typically are, we have what we, what we would call bumper car relationships. Mm-hmm. Bumper cars meaning you bump into somebody at the grocery store, you talk to them for 15 minutes, and then you, you go on your way until you bump into them again. And you're just kind of just bumping into them whenever you see mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. But, but rather, we should look for Velcro in our relationships. Find something that makes me stick to them. Find something that I can call them about. Find something that I can text them mm-hmm. about. Find something to them about. And ultimately, find something that I can be praying about for them because we know prayer works. And if I'm mm-hmm. praying for your mom that's sick, I'm believing that God's going to heal your mom. And wow. when I follow up in a week and your mom is healed and you're going to say, I don't know what happened. I'm going to say, I do. Cause I've been praying for your mom. As soon as you told me, I went to prayer for your mom and I put her in my prayer guide and I was praying for her <laughs> and I, and it was the Lord that healed her, you know? And mm-hmm. so we, it's, it is a, it definitely um, is a multiple conversations and, and what we have to understand, too, is our reach is much greater than who you see on a Sunday. A lot of mm-hmm. times we'll, we'll, we'll gauge somebody, well, if they would just come to, come to the house of the Lord on Sunday, well, of course, that's where we want them. But ultimately, we're planting seeds in them. And as long as we're, we're talking to them and we're leading them on that journey, you see, everybody's on their own journey. I've, I've really discovered this lately. Um, more so, but everybody's on their own journey and we can't rush their journey and we can't push them along, Mm -hmm. but we can be faithful and we can just love them and we can guide them on their journey, but we can't force them. So yes, you've prayed with that person 15 times and you've blessed them and you've taken them out and you've, and you've done all these great things and the church has been, but they don't come. But listen, are you still impacting them? Don't give up on them. Can you continue to be faithful in them? because there will come a day, man, I'll tell you what, brother Rhodes, I, I heard, I read this book one time, this, I forgot who it was, but this was a, this was a church that had a Sunday school bus ministry and they had five different buses. Four buses went out and got about 10 kids. Mm-hmm. One bus had to go out five times mm-hmm. and it was full every time. And they asked the woman, they said, why, why is your bus so full? And she, she, she just says, you see this woman right here? And they're like, yeah. I, I have gone to her house every week for the last 30 years. Mm. She, never, she has never been to church until today. And that's mm. why my bus route is full. Because I don't give up on people. Mm-hmm. I keep following up. I keep checking on them. And I keep believing that God is going to get a hold of their heart. Wow, that's man, that's loving people. Uh, I heard uh, J.T. Pugh, great preacher, great pastor. He's passed on now in the United Pentecostal Church. Um, I heard him tell uh, about uh, a man that he had won uh, many years prior. And he said every week uh, he went to this man's house, particular man, and uh, knocked on his door. Uh, introduced, inviting the church, just, you know, reaching out to love him. But virtually every week, this man would just close the door in his face, 
tell him I'm not interested. I'm not going to your church. But for some crazy reason, Brother Pew kept going back to his house. I mean, I mean, after once or twice, you know, I have to admit, I'm probably going to give up and say, listen, there's more. There's more sheep in the pasture. There's more houses on the street, you know. Uh, but for some reason, he just kept going back. And um, he, I mean, he was the, the man, the way he talked was very, very uh, ugly to him. I mean, more than once. And but you know what? That man finally gave in and went to church, was baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in tongues. Praise God. And that man was called to preach and became a pastor. Praise became God. Became a pastor because somebody did not give up. I believe it's um, Brother Mangan's wife, um, not Vesta Mangan, but. Uh, uh, mm, What's Mickey, uh, right? Mickey's? Yeah, I, th- I believe it's Mickey Mangan. If I'm not right, uh, if you're part of the United Pentecostal Church, you've probably heard of their, you know, their church there in Louisiana. I believe it is, and a large, large church. And um, I, if I'm not mistaken, if I have the right person, she was a bus kid, and mm. she was brought on a bus every week, just just a bus kid. And uh, but somebody cared enough to have that bus route. Somebody kept cared enough about knocking on her door and, you know, making sure this kid went to church and look, her husband's pastored for years. And uh, I don't know if she still does, but I heard years ago for many years, Pastor Ron, Sister Mangan, Mickey Mangan had her own uh, bus or van where she would go and pick up and fill up that vehicle with disabled people and bring them to church talking about work yeah talking about work i mean that's that's something right there yeah that's awesome they are the mangan family i mean just the 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 legacy that they have the influence they have in our organization the i mean you talk about soul winning you 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 spent some time listening to, to to bishop mangan i mean he was he was a soul winner at heart he 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 said something one time and it stuck with me and i've even told my pastor this and and uh he said that the day he i think he told his daddy he said the day that i stop teaching bible studies the day that i stop reaching for souls don't let me preach ever again he said mm. don't ever let me preach again if i'm not teaching bible studies if i'm not reaching for souls if i'm not doing outreach and i'm not evangelizing he said to his, I think it was to his dad. He said, don't let me preach ever again. And, mm. I, and I took that statement and I applied that to my life. And I said, if I'm not teaching Bible studies, you see, if I'm not, if I'm not doing what God called me to do first, which is to win souls, to bring people, you know, the ministry of reconciliation, to reconcile people back unto right. God. Right. If I'm not doing that, then I don't need a pulpit because we don't win souls in a pulpit. Right. We don't win souls in our music ministry. We don't win souls because we're ushers. We don't win souls because we're Sunday school teachers. Those are all needed, and, we, and those are part of the church. But in reality, if we're not doing the other part, the the secondary part is is it, it, it's not it's not fulfilling what it needs to fulfill. We need to be up and about our Father's business, teaching Bible studies, reaching out to the lost on a regular basis. And I thank brother Mangan for putting that in my spirit. That's awesome. Yeah. When you think about soul winning, soul winning is not inviting somebody to church. I mean, right. that that's a small 
process. Um, so winning is not even when they attend the church. So right. winning is not even when they go and they kneel and pray and they cry and repent. That that's not even soul winning. Right. You haven't won a soul. If they go and get baptized, you haven't won a soul. If they just go right. and receive the Holy Ghost, you still haven't won a soul. They have to, they have to fully have obeyed Acts two thirty eight, repent and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and receive the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues. That's when we've won a soul. That's when there should be great, great rejoicing. And the Bible even says to us that great rejoicing in heaven is, it takes place when even when a sinner repents. So just just to the fact of that, Jesus said that, of course, and the Great Commission had not yet been given. But uh, still, uh, we should rejoice in all stages uh, of we someone should. coming in. But when a person is born again of the water and spirit, listen, that's when, my brother and my sister, you have won a soul. When is the last time you won a soul? When was the last time you even invited somebody like i said that's that's not really even soul winning but we we can get so far pastor ron so far from this idea this this command jesus said go ye therefore you know i've done studies on that and preached from the thought go ye therefore because there's many of them throughout the scripture and we're commanded to go that was the first command of Matthew twenty eight nineteen. If we can't teach, we can't baptize, we can't do anything if we don't first go and go. Maybe just walking across the yard to where my neighbor is working on his truck. Right. That that may be the going. And and like Pastor Ron is talking about going to the library, he's going. He's obeying the command. You think he's got an ulterior motive? I bet he does. He's not. He could study at home. Right. <laughs> right. You're right about that. No, and, 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 and to be honest, you know, there are times when it can be uh, a bit of an interference, right? I'm, I'm, sit, I'm trying to study. I'm trying to write a sermon. I'm trying to be able to preach to God's people. And, and there's people in the library that I'm talking to, and, and we get – but I tell you what, I would rather spend those hours investing in a relationship with somebody uh, because that is what's going to bring them to the Lord. It's those, it's the relationship. It's the taking the time, you know, as pastors, we, we have to study the word of God and we have to be very diligent about our study of the word of God. And I understand that. Um, but at the same time, if, if, if we're spending, if I'm spending 30 hours a week in prayer and in study of the word and writing sermons, well, can I shorten that somehow and spend half of that time reaching souls can i spend half of that time sitting down with somebody having breakfast with them having coffee with them and life because as you reference matthew 28 19 it says um uh go ye therefore teach all nations we are to be teaching we are to be making disciples everywhere we go that is the call of god that's on us to make disciples we are to be disciples and we are to make disciples and you make disciples just by preaching to them once a week on a Sunday or twice a week on Sunday at midweek. You make disciples by investing in them and showing them the word of God for themselves, giving them Bible studies, caring about them, and always bringing them back to the love of God so that they we that way they can experience the fullness of what God has for their life for themselves. Well, I, uh, 
I've had the opportunity on a number of occasions uh, to, to speak with uh, Pastor Merrill Cornwell. Um, he pastors uh, in Wichita, Kansas. I believe he's the bishop now. And some years ago, uh, when I began pastoring many years ago, um, and just learning about his soul winning efforts and home Bible studies, and I called him one day. Just I got his phone number. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. But just the things I knew of him, I wanted to connect with him and see if he would even talk to me. And uh, uh, I tell you what, he was extremely gracious to me, extremely gracious uh, and uh, kind and helpful in my endeavor to learn about home, giving home Bible studies. And from that point, I did. And uh, he allowed me to call him on a, on a regular basis. And we talked about home Bible studies and soul winning and uh, giving me direction. And uh, uh, I've heard him say more than one time for many years, decades, for decades, he would win over 100 people a year through home Bible studies. He himself would win over 100 people a year by giving home Bible studies. Granted, you know, doing having 12 or 15 plus uh, Bible studies scheduled every week. And that's, you know, that's a lot even when you're, uh, pastoring if, if you're not working a outside secular job. But I know we gave quite a few uh, on a weekly basis when uh, when we were pastoring. And sometimes you'd have one in the Bible study, but sometimes we had 10 or 15 in a Bible study. And again, it's all about caring and making that concentrated effort because if we don't go, uh, who's going to go? I, I heard a parable one time. I'll share this. Uh, Pastor Ron, I'll hand it back to you, but um, it, it was a parable that uh, about a conversation between Jesus and the angels, and the, the angels said something to Jesus like, well, I know you've commanded your people to go uh, and uh, reach the world, but uh, Jesus, what if they don't go? And Jesus says, well, I have no other plan. And then the angel said back, but Lord, you know, what if they don't go and the people aren't reached and the people are lost? What, what are you going to do? And Jesus again said in the parable, I have no other plan. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, that's a sobering thought. You know, yeah. that's uh, it is to, you know, and, and, and yeah, that's, he has no other plan. We this are the it. body of Christ. Yeah. We, there, we are no the plan, body of Christ. No, 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 no plan B. This is it. Just plan A. And, this is it. And right. he said, go and I'll go with you. And confirm the word with signs and, following. And, and that's the, and I think right there, the, 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 the statement you just made that he'll go with us. I think a lot of the hindrances <laughs> that we face or the, a lot of the things that stop us from going is we don't really Either, either we don't know it or we don't believe it, that he's going to go with us. And, and uh, you know, we, we, one time in our, uh, one of our Harvey campus, we had a, uh, like, uh, maybe a question and answer kind of thing where we asked everybody, what are your hindrances to evangelism? And so many of them lined up with the fact that they were afraid that they didn't know what to say. They didn't know who to talk to, you know, all these things. But in reality, if we understand that he is going with us, 
and he will put mm -hmm. the words in our mouth to speak mm -hmm. and the Holy Ghost will bring all things back to our remembrance and he will stir up, you know, the scriptures that we've been reading and studying on our own. Understanding that, then we can rely on him to speak through us. Remember, it's not it's not my personality that's going to win a soul. Right. It's not my it's not my extensive knowledge of the Bible that's going to win a soul. What's going to win a soul is the spirit of God in me drawing them drawing them it's so funny um philip when philip called nazareth or when philip called nathaniel he said come see this jesus from nazareth mm -hmm. and 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 that from nazareth that got nathaniel all mixed up and he says there's nothing good that can come from nazareth but still philip just says fine then just come taste and see and, Phil, and nathaniel does and he ends up being a follower of christ philip got it wrong <laughs> Philip didn't say that he was born in Bethlehem and all right. these things. He said he's from Nazareth. And so Philip didn't even get it right. But still, Nathaniel was able to still have a desire to come and see because of, the, of what he sensed in Philip, this, this burning passion. Come yeah. in. You got to come see this anyway. And so Philip got it all wrong, and he still won Nathaniel. So we don't have to worry about, listen, there's when you sit down with a Bible study, do you need to be able to explain the Godhead to somebody? At some point, but in the beginning, you just need to show them that God loves them, He cares about them, and right. He wants to redeem them from their from their sinful state. Right, right. You know. Yeah. Well, I was listening to a um, a soul winning um, I don't know if it was a soul winning conference or something one time, and this lady uh, they had her speak uh, for a few minutes. And she was a great soul winner, I guess. I don't know who she was, but she was talking about when she was in the world. She said, you know what? I was able to talk people into doing drugs. I, I was able to convince people to do drugs. I was able to convince people to try alcohol. Uh, I was able to convince people to do this and that in the world. He said, but she said, well, why can't, um, not that she wasn't, she was, but she said, why not take that same ability I, I was able to talk them into doing drugs for the first time. Why, why can't I talk them into uh, coming to church and uh, experiencing God and praying for the Holy Ghost? And man, what a powerful thought. And, and right. all of us, when we were in the world, we were, we had an, we, we were influencing somebody and, you know, sure. There was somebody influencing us, but at the same time, we were influencing people. And if we were influencing people in good or bad, again, it goes back to a conscious effort to say, listen, I don't have to be a pastor. I'm not Pastor Ron over near Chicago. Uh, I'm not even a preacher. But, you know, it doesn't matter. There's a library. There's a gas station. I, I heard about a pastor's wife, and she wasn't even a preacher. She was just a pastor's wife that wanted to win souls and had a nice home and had a church and she had a washer and a dryer. She had all the things that she needed in her home. But you know what she would do? She would gather up her dirty clothes. Yeah, uh, a couple times a week, gather them up and put them in the car. And she'd go down to the laundromat on purpose just because there were people there that did not know God. And she used that as her way to meet people and expose the gospel to people. Yeah. And she won many people through what we can call a laundromat ministry. Praise God. Praise I, I, God. Heard, I heard that, and you know what? I started doing that at one point. 
And I, st- I and I wasn't even washing clothes. I just would go in the laundry laundry passing out flyers yeah. and seeing if I could talk yeah. to somebody. And yeah. and uh, I, there was a young man there. He's about fourteen or fifteen, and he was washing his clothes. And I invited him to church. I pointed him to church. I said, "Listen, give me your address. I'll come and pick you up Sunday. I'll be there. I'll get you, and I'll take you back home." And um, you know what? He gave me his address. He said, "I'll go." And um, I went to his house, and guess what? He lied to me. He gave me the wrong street. He gave me the wrong street. He didn't even live. The people said, no, they don't live here. Oh, you know what they said? Oh, those people, they live on the next block over. They live right behind us. (laughs) Okay, that's what he, okay. So he really didn't want to go to church. But you know what I did? I went over to his house. (laughs) I went over to his house, and guess what I did? I got his sister's. That's right. I got his sisters. He wouldn't go, but I got his sisters. That's awesome. And, and I won his little sister, 10 years old. She got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. I won his uh, a little bit older sister up in her teens. She got baptized and got the Holy Ghost. And uh, I remember uh, years went by and the younger 10-year-olds, uh, they just they backslid, got away from God. And then uh, we got back in contact with them, Pastor Ron. We got back in contact with them. Next thing you know, we found out even some years after that, she did visit as an adult. She never really got back in church. But then we found out she had cancer. She's early 40s, dying with cancer. And um, so we were in contact with her, but we went to see her. She was just just shriveled up to almost nothing. My wife and I went. This was just a couple of years ago. My daughter, her husband went because my daughter knew her as well. And... Um, she lay in there backslid. And I said, Cassie, listen, uh, we, we, you need to get renewed in the Holy Ghost. And I said, we're going to repent. She had been baptized many years. And we talked to her about repentance and tears came in her eyes. She, she could hardly even talk. She was dying. She repented. We probably prayed about five minutes and just repented, confessed our sins to the Lord. And we just started praying to be renewed. You know what? In just a couple minutes, Cassie laying there in her dying cancer bed lifted her hands began speaking with tongues as the spirit of god gave her the utterance you know what pastor ron that night it was the next morning she died oh wow praise we we got to her just in time and god renewed her in the holy ghost what a gracious and merciful god yes what a gracious and merciful god is right oh wow thank god that she had and, and thank god that you stayed connected with her yeah. You see, it, and that's what that's what we're talking about tonight is staying connected with people, putting yourself in a position to be there at their worst moment. Right, right, man, that's awesome. Well, Pastor, give us uh, you give us your final thoughts on uh, on soul winning. You've got people right now that are listening to us, and they are being so inspired and they're being stirred because they've been soul winners. Maybe some of them have never been soul winners, but they're being stirred right now. But I want you to speak to those people right now that they're feeling that passion in their soul. Yeah. And they're feeling that. And they say, oh, I've got to, I've got to reach somebody. I've got to get back. And just, just talk to them for a few minutes right now for us. Amen. Well, for those people that have a hunger and a desire to be a soul winner, you have a hunger and a desire to see your neighbors saved, your coworkers saved that your family members saved. It, it really is uh, just as simple 
as just being available, making yourself available, uh, putting yourself into their uh, situations, uh, praying with them, staying in, in, in close contact with them, never giving up. As Brother Rodas just shared that story, this woman was, this was, she was 10 years old when she got the Holy Ghost and baptized. This was 40 years old. So 30 years later, she still needed to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. But because of a 30-year connection, she was able to get renewed in the Holy Ghost just before she passed, redeeming her soul. Amen. The, the very beginning of, of, of our ministry, when, we're, when we were saved, as, as Brother Rodas went through, when we were saved, when we received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says we received power to be a witness. From the very beginning, in, in Genesis, he told them, to go forth and multiply. In Acts, he's telling us to go forth and multiply. Mm, right. That is the very that is the very call of God on our lives. So I understand that you might be new at this. I understand that you might be, uh, you've never done this before or, or you don't even know where to begin. Maybe you're a shy, you're, a, you're an introvert, you're not much of an extrovert. And so I want you to understand that it's not you that wins a soul. It's not your personality. It's not your knowledge. It's mm -hmm. the spirit of God that's inside mm -hmm. of you. It's the spirit of God that's inside of you that will draw all men unto himself. We're not drawing them to us. We're not building our kingdoms. We're not building our whatever. We are building the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And when we go out and we let our light so shine before men, when we do that, then they will see the good in us. They will see the light of God in us. And they will see the changes that can happen into their own lives. And because of what they've encountered in that conversation with us or that relationship with us, they will be changed. They're not relying on your personality. They're not relying on your knowledge. You're, if you say the wrong thing, just like Philip did, you can still win a soul. If you say the mm -hmm. wrong thing and you mess up, you can still win a soul. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to just open your mouth and allow the Holy Ghost to lead you guide you and fill your mouth with words tremendous tremendous man what a what a what a time here pastor ron i have thoroughly enjoyed yes, uh been inspired myself by this conversation hearing pastor ron and uh all of you precious listeners out there filled, filled with the holy ghost baptized in jesus name most of you I'm telling you what, God wants to use you. He wants to use you like yesterday. You don't Amen. have to go through a soul winning course. You just have to make right. up your mind tonight or tomorrow. Listen, I heard, I remember one of the first soul winning messages I ever heard. I wept and I wept and I wept through the whole sermon. I wept on my way home. I wept when I got home. It must have been 10 o'clock and I was so stirred. I, this was, man, I was in my 20s. I, this has got to be. <laughs> you know, 35, 40 years ago. <laughs> and I and I get home and it has to be 10 o'clock at night or whatever it was. I was so stirred about soul winning. I got my little phone book out. This is before anybody, any of us had cell phones, right? And all this technology. But I had a phone book and I had friends and I had acquaintances. And at late at night, I'm calling people. They're probably thinking I'm crazy. With tears in my eyes, I'm reaching people. I'm reaching out. Why? Because I felt something birth inside of me. And I want every listener here, let this birth inside of you. If you have to, yes. listen to this again. Be inspired of it. Pass it on to somebody else. Put it on social media. Why? Because we've got to reach the loss. It's, it's not about Amen. Brother Rhodes. It's not about 
Pastor Ron. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about Amen. winning souls. It's about winning the lost. It's about winning that, that family member. It's about winning Amen. that coworker or whoever it might be. Mm. Oh, my. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for this time. And we thank all of you for listening today uh, to everything apostolic. We so appreciate that. Again, make sure you uh, give us five stars, uh, if you would, here. And, uh, again, share it on your favorite social media. Send the word out and uh, be used of God. Let tomorrow be a brand new day for you, a brand new day of soul winning and becoming soul conscious. Well, Pastor Ron, thank you so much again. Man, we love you, appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing in the kingdom and the great work you're doing there in Blue Island, Illinois. And to everyone, this is Everything Apostolic. God bless you. Until the next podcast. If you haven't heard about my book on fasting, it is titled Fasting Secrets Revealed. This is Brother Rodas. Uh, here are a few of many exciting testimonies about my book. Uh, w. Garden says, I've read numerous books on fasting, and this one is probably the best. Stephanie B. writes, excellent read, and I've read a lot of books on fasting. It was fresh content that really is inspiring. F.C. Warren writes, the last six or seven months, I've read probably eight or nine books on fasting. This book is probably one of my favorites on the subject because I feel a spirit of faith and revelation at work in this book. Simple but powerful. This book will ignite a fire in you for fasting. And one more uh, by Vivian F. I purchased this book on fasting and it's the best book I've ever read on the subject. Now, Fasting Secrets Revealed was ranked number one in Amazon Bible study. Fasting Secrets Revealed is, was featured in IBC Perspectives magazine. And Fasting Secrets Revealed is one of the most mentioned books in Apostolic Review in 2020. Now, you can get Fasting Secrets Review, uh, Revealed on Amazon or my website. Save a little money on my website, which is www.charlesarotis.com. Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarotis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodas's books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.